1: Hello and welcome to a Caged In Conversation episode. This is number 18. But it feels like I've had a lot more uh, interview episodes on this, but this one is very special. And those of you who listen to the podcast religiously may be thinking, hey, what's up? You said at the end of last week's episode, that this week's episode would be your conversation on big eyes. Um, it's kind of twofold reason for that. I kind of had this episode, really wanted to put it out um i could have put it out as a bonus episode but i really feel like this conversation needs to be a main episode this is this is a yeah i don't want to just like drop it i don't know on a on, on another day or something like that something that's uh yeah i, I want as many uh, ears on this one as possible and i want to hold off on big eyes just because um starting next week we will be doing Schwartzman summer so for the whole month of august we'll be looking at five different jason Schwartzman films I had big eyes in the can so it felt like a perfect one to slot into that season so there you go well my conversation today is with Patrick Gallo, and uh, it's a fantastic conversation. And for those of you who have been keeping up to date with The Offer, the TV show on Paramount Plus at the moment, uh, Patrick is one of the the leads in that show. Um, he's fan, absolutely fantastic. I really, really, really enjoy his performance in it, and we get into that, we get into some of the stuff that he's done before, um the, the guy got to yeah we we, we talk about it. he got to be in the irishman and it get, his scene partners are insane but we get all into that and we talk about the kind of profound work he got to do um or the proud project he got to work on at least uh when they see us uh and yeah was, um i could have talked to patrick for, for hours as well on this one And I I, I I look forward to getting him back on at some point with been discussing potentially him just coming on for a regular episode of the podcast which i think would be really interesting especially getting it from i don't know the other side of things speaking to like somebody who's who's yeah who's who's worked with some of the people who've been in these films that we're kind of talking about so that's the kind of and i don't know someone yeah especially I i think i could talk to him about the godfather for ages and kind of delve into some of the stories he probably has from growing up in an italian American household as well I imagine he's got stories upon stories um there was a few technical issues with this episode, but I think i've 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 ironed them out in the edit and there was a couple of interruptions um one of them I've edited out uh uh but one of them I left in because um Patrick's dog Mooney interrupted the conversation and just picture what I pictured in Speak to Patrick, all of a sudden behind him, I just see this beautiful big dog just kind of jumping up, at, just head on the windowsill looking into the room. And it made me laugh. And I just thought like, hey, that's kind of a human interaction. Well, obviously in this case, dog. But it's kind of, it's life getting in the way of things. And uh, yeah, I think often in podcasts and stuff like that all of that kind of human uh real life stuff is pulled out so for yeah it made me smile it made me laugh so maybe it'll do the same for you so um yeah sit back and enjoy my conversation with the fantastic Patrick Gallo I'm joined today by Patrick Gallo, who you may have seen with a fantastic turn as Mario Puzo on Paramount Plus's limited series, The Offer. Patrick, how are you today? I am
3: good, my friend. I am good. I am uh, relaxed, and uh, it's hot where I am as well. (laughs) But I am blessed with the tremendous... uh, Cross breeze Nice, nice. Um, Lots of windows, and uh, and it's nice. It's nice. It's been a pleasant day and a wonderful summer.
1: So, yeah. One of the, I guess yeah. One of the best places to start with this is kind of like where, like, where did you grow up? Did you grow up in like a uh, a film loving and TV loving household, or was like what what was it like growing up for you?
3: Um, no, not. I mean, you know, I think there was a love of music. Uh, You know, very, uh, you know, classic Italian-American family, a lot of music, a lot of food, um, a lot of humor, Mm -hmm. a lot of extreme highs and extreme lows, but there was always an enormous plate of pasta or pork chops or something in front of you. And so you kind of ate your, uh, (laughs) you ate your troubles away. Um, but it was, it was nice, very colorful. Um, you know, but, uh, but yeah, very, 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 you know, fun and, and, uh, an interesting childhood. Yeah. In, in, uh, in Buffalo, New York.
1: So where, where did like, where were those early experiences with film that kind of like, I don't know, got you excited about maybe being an actor? Was there like an experience? Like, do you remember first, like going to the movies and kind of being like, like what they're doing up on the screen yeah
3: yeah i guess um i guess what really drew me to it um was i I guess that got me curious about it was uh the 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 great uh uh film time bandits Mm -hmm. uh terry gilliam um you know that film really kind of gave me another view of, of cinema and film. And, you know, and I was very young at the time, but the fantasy of it, you know, and, Mm. and how many walls you can break when you're telling a story. And I don't think I processed it like that as a child, but it definitely um, made me feel, you know, much more differently than I had felt watching anything else that I had grown up with. Um, probably the jerk. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Carl Reiner and Steve Martin and, and Bernadette Peters, you know, that's a film to this day, you know, that had an effect on me, that kind of that thing of where you leave a film or you finish watching a film and it, and it never leaves you, you know, it kind of hangs on to your sleeve. Um, and, then, and then it was, uh, and then I think it was in high school when it really, uh, I started getting it, I guess right before I got into theater in high school, I got, uh, I you know, I had this dream of living in New York, um, even before I was an, was an actor. And um, Woody Allen's films really,
0: yeah.
3: uh, you know, carved out a, a house within my soul for like, that's where I want to be. And this is the kind of life I want to lead. And I want to be around these people, you know, and these sort of environments that were filled with, you know, art, and intellectuals, and, and that New York, you know, uh, and that music, Gershwin, and all that. Yeah. I think that all drove me um, into theater, and uh, and then I did cabaret in high school, and, um, and when I, I think when I did that performance, that was when I made a decision of, oh, okay, you know, this is, uh, it, number one, it's cool to tell girls you can't hang out because you're rehearsing. <laughs> um, I thought that was really cool. <laughs> I think it's the equivalent to the musician playing guitar because it, yeah, you know, I've got a gig. I've
1: got a gig. I can't. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no. Yeah, I got a
3: gig <laughs> or I can play this tune. You know what I mean? And, yeah. oh my God. and so I think that like that kind of got me, uh, you know, me, you know, I was a very kind of insecure kid, a lot of anxiety. So I think it like, it gave me some kind of a, of a, of a, you know, kind of a, a, a rock to hold on to, you know, that I had this thing called theater. And and um, that was it, man. That was it. I decided that I was going to move, you know, forward in my life with theater, and 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 that was. And I never looked back, you know, to this day, um, I, I, thirty years or so, you know.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm interested because you going back to you talking about like the household you grew up in it's very like, yeah, uh, it kind of reminded me cause I'm, yeah, I'm half Greek. So I've kind of got like oh, sure. that side of my family where it's like that plate of food. Just, uh, it seems to be affection is shown through eating. Right. And it's kind of like, Absolutely. uh, you, you, you can't say no, but the, the elders in the family kind of see that, see that thing of like, oh, he wants more, he wants more. You're kind of fed up and like, you just get, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful way to show love to, to people. And, uh, I don't yeah. Know, it, yeah it kind of yeah it kind of brings brings me on to the godfather because uh as it's kind of said in the show it's it's a it's a film that is fundamentally about a family and do you remember the first time that you you saw that film and what was the experience like
3: uh yeah i mean I saw that film you know it was kind of a rite of passage at some point i mean the book was a, was always you know was a regular you know kind of you know your your familiar uh your uh optics uh the cover of the godfather was was primary. it was on every it was in every house that i went into uh and it was in our house too um not that there were many people sitting in in couches reading um, (laughs) but the book was there you know you kind of had to have the book so i was very aware of it visually um you know of the marionette you know i mean it was such a such an iconic um image and then i yeah i watched it with my dad and it was you know it was cool because that was another moment in cinema that I thought, um, wow, you know, like I, and I've said this in, in, in so many interviews, it was, it was, you know, I, it was like, I was watching a whole movie. Like I could smell the people in the film their cologne. I could feel their energy. I could feel their suits and their, um, their joy and their tension and their aggravation and their anxiety. Like I felt it because those were the kinds of people that were around me when I was a kid, you know, um, <laughs> My dad knew a lot of these, a lot of these guys that were in the mafia and they were in my house. And I spent many a night eating dinner at a table with both gangsters and detectives. Um, you know, there was these kind of, uh, it was kind of these uh, moments where there was a no man's land
0: yes. where yeah, it was
3: yeah. like, you're not going to arrest me and I'm not going to run from you because we come from the same neighborhood. And so there was, a, it wasn't on the table. It was about eating and drinking. And and so I was around these these guys, and uh, so it was like watching a whole movie. Um, I related to the rooms, uh, the sets, you know, the locations, and um, and I don't think I knew how I was related to it then, but I know that just through the way I was taking it in, mm-hmm. it felt very normal to me. It was like, oh, you know, I know this,
1: yes, yeah, 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 and then
3: that also made me feel very comfortable with the film, you know.
1: Yeah, I as I said, like kind of going back to Greece like when when I go for when I've gone for summers and stuff like that. Yeah. it always like watching the Godfather again recently like I managed to catch it on the big screen for the for the 50th anniversary yeah. and yeah. Watching those scenes where they go to Sicily it was like just the kind of small towns that's very much where my family are from it's like uh, even though it's a different culture, they are very similar. Like the kind of Mediterranean families, it is these small towns. Everyone's kind of knows each other. Like, do you know what I mean? They, they, they. I don't know. Like the just the the, the loving embrace of people and the the, the yeah, food yeah. and everything. I was mm-hmm. like, I feel like I'm. I don't know. I get, I get this. Do you know what I mean? I, there's something yeah. cli- clicks with me. Kind of what yeah, watching it. So I, I totally understand what you mean. So
3: yeah so many similarities you know and i yeah without a doubt
1: so when it came to well when it came to this part when did it when did it arise for you like what was the kind of process was it was it i like- mean it, it was an audition that
3: you know that came up like they like they do you know i mean it was a you know i i, I read the script it was very secretive and 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 um but i i you know i got my pages um and that was it. And I read, uh, and I and I auditioned. I mean, it was it, as normal as the process uh, always is. Um, you read, and then if they dig you, they call you back, and, and you have a discussion. And there were lots of little hoops that you know I kind of had to jump through, you know, to get there. Um, it doesn't come that, that easily, but um, and 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 it happened. You know, I got the call that uh, you know that I got the gig. And, uh, and at that point I knew, uh, that it was Mario Puzo and that it was the make, you know, I, I had been able to gather information, more information over this sort of six week period, um, between auditioning for it and actually getting it. And, uh, you know, it was just tremendously exciting. It was, uh, it was a lot to get your head around, but you knew (laughs) it was real. So you just kind of moved with it you know what i mean and it was a wonderful experience from uh the moment i auditioned all honesty to the mo- uh, to the moment i i rapped and and then the months following you know it's been it was it was been an experience i'd never forget um on on infinite levels
1: when you first got those pages was it a case of you didn't know like what part you're auditioning for or you were just auditioning for this project
3: no, I knew the part that I was auditioning for, but it wasn't clear as to who it was. But I could tell, yes. uh, obviously, Puzo uh, or Sinatra. One of the audition scenes was the Puzo and Sinatra scene, but I couldn't tell what it was about necessarily. Uh-huh. I was I could assess that it was Mario Puzo, yes. um, uh, speaking of his literary, you know, his book and and talking to Sinatra and, and admiring his work, you know. So I could put those simple elements together but I had no idea as to what it fit into what the structure was or what it was at all. I I had no, no clue at that point. It was really, uh, tied down to the, to the scene. Um, and that was it, you know, and that was, that was all I was able to kind of work from. How
1: did you go? How did you go about getting into the role of Mario Pizzo? Obviously somebody who is, um, a real world character. So was there like a sense of trepidation to obviously portray him in a certain way?
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was a decision of, of, do I do an impersonation of him or, you know, or do I do a variation of him? And, uh, you know, I, I wanted to do a variation, you know, I didn't want to put myself in a position to, uh, impersonate him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not that kind of an actor. So it really wasn't, uh, really wasn't the way I wanted to go. And then I read all of his work and I, I found his spirit within his writing. Of course, I read about him um and uh his life and and i kind of let that settle into my body and hope that it harnessed the spirit and then when we went to set and we were shooting it i just hope that it remained and it kind of came out you know within the circumstances of the scene
1: what's there what, what, what kind of things did you draw upon from your own experiences to kind of play was there anything you drew upon to like play oh. play a character like this Absolutely. Uh, I
3: think his struggle, you know, his, his desire to be seen as an artist, uh-huh. um, you know, and, and that was desperate for, you know, he was desperate for that. He wanted to be seen as an artist and he wanted his work to be seen as art. He knew yes. it and he was open about that. So, yeah, I could, I, that, that was one of the main things that I was like, oh, wow, like I know that yeah, yes. because I was, you know, that insecurity, uh, that need uh, for people to identify you with Art and yeah. with being an artist, I uh, you know that's how I feel, and that's how I've always felt. and it is an insecurity to it to a certain extent. Um, but I related to that uh-huh. um, first and foremost, and I think that was the thing that I related to most yes um, yeah. and and so I really, really, really tried to uh, hold that close to me whenever I was doing a scene um, because was the thing that we really I really connected to with him and I felt as soon as I found that out I was like okay I I can I can um I can use that as a tunnel to find him and to relate to him
1: there's some really Um, there's some really standout scenes kind of on that kind of topic and there's there's a scene in episode three where that very much pertains to what you were talking about where uh, Mario's talking to Francis about how he's never done he's he's never he's never turned a, he's never turned in a script before and obviously yeah. like you kind of get that desire in the character and it's yeah it's by yourself it's played fantastically well and there's so many there's so many scenes okay. I I guess that's like the stuff I really connected with a lot is those scenes between you and Dan as Mario and Francis like uh, me, me and Will the guy I've been kind of chatting about week by week about each episode. We've kind of every week we we sound like a broken record where we're going, Do you know what? I could watch a whole kind of season of just these two hanging out, kind of bickering and kind of breaking the script. Um what yeah. was it like working with Dan and how did you kind of create this chemistry that that, that is so radiant on screen?
3: Oh, that's a beautiful thing to say, man. Um you know, Dan and I, you know, we got this this opportunity to live together, you know, and I think that was the main, um, you know, thing that that helped us. So we got to live in a house together and and just be Danny and Patrick um, and celebrate life together and get to know each other and get up in the morning. And you know what I mean? It was morning, noon and night, you know, and and so we developed a friendship. We developed a, an intimate understanding of each other and we had a lot of laughs and and we found each other's humor. And so it was like, it was an effortless, um, and it was a gift to us uh, by the acting gods, you know, that we were able to hang out because then when we would get to set, it wasn't like we had to put a lot of effort into like finding that connection. Mm -hmm. Like we had it and that it was just there. So, I mean, really uh, everything you're seeing, every smirk, every, kind of look of confusion or understanding or support is is me and dan being me and dan within the circumstances you know i mean that's pure um and so that was a real joy because you didn't have to worry about it you didn't go jesus i hope we connect i hope we can stir up an energy we had it we knew that and we trusted it and we let it go
1: how did it come about that you two ended up living together that sounds like a kind of Cool. A comedy of errors yeah. in itself. <laughs> it really was, man. He, he had a guy, a buddy of his,
3: uh, Larry, who was supposed to stay with him. Um, it turned out that Larry couldn't come. Suddenly. Mm-hmm. I had a place that I was going to stay. That place fell through. And it all happened in like the same week. And he's like, and, and I was like, I need a place to stay. And he's like, I got a place like why are we not this is clearly meant to be yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was like oh my god you know what I mean and it, that was it it was that simple.
1: Going go method with it I love it. I love Yeah, it. yeah. Um, I mean
3: like without effort you know what I mean it was a very very uh, meta situation <laughs> and we just took advantage of it you know and we just were like all right it was just it all it was kind of kismet it all worked out.
1: So, so wh- were you hanging out where was it a lot of wine drinking a lot of pasta eating was it kind of sharing meals yeah. were, were the scenes you see in the show kind of reminiscent of your time living together
3: it was all of that man all of it <laughs> perfect <laughs> it was uh it was it was hanging out every single day and 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 you know doing whatever we wanted um and enjoying all the things we wanted to enjoy <laughs> um in large amounts at all times and uh, that's what we did morning noon and night
1: amazing so that was <laughs> you know were there any particular scenes that you found like stood out to you that were like either enjoyable to shoot or like once you kind of had wrapped you were like we, we we got something today there's something special about that scene
3: Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I think the Brando scene, that was a really special day for me. Uh Um, Justin was amazing. And I think it was just a beautiful scene where it was mostly Justin, uh, channeling Brando, Mm -hmm. his version of Brando. And it was us just kind of sitting and being and, uh, And it became very magical. It became very magical. And it was one of those moments where you kind of, as an actor, you, you know, you're not on set anymore. Like your brain just kind of lets you, allows you, and your soul allows you to kind of be in the environment you're hoping uh, you can be in that you're pretending to be in and it kind of clicks over and that happened there. And that was really beautiful and emotional for me. Um, And I think that also happened in the, uh, the scene in the sands when Vic Damone uh, tells us that he, you know, announces to the audience that he's not going to do the film. And uh, that environment um, was another wormhole moment, you know, and uh, a beautiful, beautiful moment.
0: Yeah,
1: there's
3: many beautiful moments, but those, those were, were really special.
1: Yeah, they, 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 they come across that 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 moment you guys share that group hug was kind of like I, I felt yeah. it when I watched that moment. I was like, yeah, this is like there, there's a, yeah. there's a brotherly bond uh, <laughs> right here. Um,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: We talk about special scenes. I've got, I've got to ask you about some of your previous projects because um, sure. one of them is The Irishman. And speaking of special scenes, uh, I have to ask you about what it was like to film. I, I, I simply know it as the, the traffic scene where uh, you're sat around the table with Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, and uh, one, one of our own, one, a, 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 a British boy, Stephen Graham. I uh, you know it. You know what what was that like because kind of watching it I'm kind of dumbfounded how is it being in that scene <laughs> Yeah man it was
3: it was uh, it was surreal it was unbelievable I mean for any actor I don't think there's an actor in the world uh you know in the past 50 years to now and it will continue that doesn't have Martin Scorsese Al Pacino and Robert De Niro on the bucket list. You know what I mean? Like, these are the people you want to work with. You want to have an opportunity to work with these unbelievable artists, these icons of cinema. Um, and, uh, and I got it all in, 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 in one shot. And it was, uh, it was an incredible, incredible experience for me. Um, I mean, I think I, I got on the phone and, and I've said this before, and I would call my mother in between setups crying, you know, because I just couldn't believe that it was happening, that I was the guy that got chosen to sit at this table. And, uh, um, and Scors- Scorsese and De Niro and Pacino and Steven, and I worked with Steven, you know, on another scene in the Irishman earlier. So I had known Steven from a couple of weeks before we shot the next scene. Um, and, uh, and it was a, just an unbelievable experience. They were amazing. They, we, it was just a, a table of equality. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't anything that I had to be afraid of or nervous about, like what you think you would have to kind of feel like as an actor, they made me feel that I had complete and utter freedom. And, and I did, and I got to improvise and play. And I never felt like anybody was looking at me like, you better not fuck up cause you're with these people. That was not, it was like a bunch of New York city actors sitting at a table doing a scene. Amazing. Um, and it was the greatest acting class and they were absolutely wonderful. And um, I, 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 a very, I was very, 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 very grateful that, uh, that that's just a rare opportunity that I was, that I was given and, uh, it was incredible. It was just simply, it's hard to articulate it. Yeah. I could imagine, um, you know, it's hard to articulate it because you know, I, you're, you're, sitting there and you're, you're, you're focused on your craft, but there's that f- part of you that grew up watching these guys and they kind of led me down the road that I was on. And so you're kind of like, you're in that struggle of like, who, who am I right now? And it's like, you have to be the actor and the, the craftsman. Um, but De Niro sitting next to me and Pacino's across from me. And it was like, Jesus. And Steven, who was unbelievable in the yes. scene, you know, and, and, and when actors can give you that kind of a performance, you know, Steven's performance is extraordinarily strong mm-hmm. and, uh, and you can't not do well. Yeah. I, when, when that kind of energy is coming at you.
1: I, I remember hearing in a, an interview with Stephen Graham and he recounted yeah. uh, a story of him uh, doing the, the scene with Al Pacino, I think, with the ice cream and he hits the yeah. ice cream across the table and Al didn't yeah. know it was coming and kind of turned to Scorsese and went oh this guy this guy like this is the like like kind of didn't really know who steven was and was like yeah oh, this yeah, is yeah. this he's setting the tone for what for what we're doing here and it's like, yeah, like that kind of stuff like yeah, know, it's make, exciting shit man that's yeah. the
3: best right there
1: yeah yeah To kind of i don't know uh, and and guys like pacino
3: and de niro you know that you would think you know you'd have to have some kind of certain protocol about like, the the, it, it, they want that. Yes, they are open to it all. They yes. are. They. You could give them anything, and they will take it in and return it to you. That's the beauty of of acting. That's the joy of it. That's the playground of it, man. We can do anything, and no one stops and goes, "Hey, what the fuck? You're not supposed to be saying no." It's whatever happens. We'll work with it. And we'll keep building. Wow. It's just an absolute joy um, to be around anyone, whether. It's De Niro Pacino or, or it's someone who nobody knows. It's the joy of the craft that allows those things to happen. It's very exciting.
1: Was, was there a feeling of being involved in a project that's obviously about, like, a film that, like, is synonymous with kind of Al Pacino's, like, rise to kind of superstardom? Like, were you kind of like, oh, I wonder what Al would think about this project? Because obviously he's portrayed in the show and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. By Anthony
3: Ippolito, who's a great guy and did an unbelievable job. I just read an article. Uh, I believe um, someone asked Al Pacino at the Tribeca Film Festival, "Are you watching The Offer?" Uh-huh. And he said, "I am absolutely watching The Offer, and I love it." You know, so that was a really cool thing to hear.
1: Yeah, because like w- we did it on the show, like because obviously, like a lot of people, like I don't know, uh, Anthony, yeah, Ippolito came under some fire for like his portrayal of Al Pacino, but then. Yeah, I, I i dug out some old like in, i dug out like the oldest interview of how i could find and i was like that's who that's who al was at that time obviously i guess like we've said it ever like it's it's so hard to not yeah. get uh an image out of out of your head of like who you think someone is like yeah. people think of al pacino they think of Hoo-ha. do you know what I mean they don't think of yeah. oh no yeah uh off broadway like kind of Actor, yeah, kind of yeah. a bit unsure of himself like actor, well they're they thinking think of the, the, the
3: character and not the actor yes you know? and, exactly and, and i think critics are just afraid to mm. give anyone credit for um portraying someone like al pacino i think there's a fear there and and so they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna bash it um, there, there,
1: yeah. like, like, that's the that's the stuff that's gonna come under fire with a show like that right is the Absolutely. kind of the people in the kind of spotlight and yeah and, and, unless it's kind of i don't know and it is that thing I some some of the best um kind of portrayals of like real life people have been from people who look and sound nothing like them. Like Joaquin Phoenix in Walk the Line. It's like he looks and kind of sounds nothing like Johnny Cash, but he embodies the spirit of that right. character. And it's I think the that's the spirit,
3: yeah. I yeah, think, yeah, I, yeah.
1: I think that it's run... a much
3: deeper. it's a much deeper uh interpretation and I think that gets overlooked. Yes. You know, that gets overlooked sometimes.
1: It, it kind of runs through the and I think it runs through this show of kind of people capturing yeah. that the, the spirit of these characters and no more so I think than obviously yeah a lot of people may not know like Mario Puzo by kind of the way he was or the right. way he sounded and, or or Francis they might have like a kind of thingy but I definitely think you and Dan capture like and even as characters like as I said that you two are a joy to watch on screen um that's
3: so wonderful brother thank you thank you I I I can there's I don't hear that enough I I could always hear that (laughs)
1: um I guess um another project I wanted to bring up before before I let you go because yeah, and, and especially, especially being a New Yorker and it's a kind of ask you about was, was it important for you to be a, like when, when you got to be in, um, uh, w- w- when they see us, like obviously as a New Yorker was, was there something important about being in that show? Cause obviously like, like that, that story is so kind of, I don't know, yeah. it's, it's really, it's really important. And it's such like a profound and oh. moving show. Mooney, I'm sorry, my God, Mooney, Laura, <laughs> can you let baby girl in? she knows
3: where we are so she finds the windows
1: amazing (laughs) um and what did you ask me about that about when they see us like like what was it like being involved in that project and what was it a case of like did you feel like the importance of it because obviously but yeah especially being a new yorker like you must you must have remembered that kind of real life kind of tragedy as as it is right
3: Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, that was a very, uh, you know, once again, another project that I worked on that was, uh, you know, I I feel very grateful um, to have been a part of to help tell that story. Um, You know, that was a tough story to tell. And it was uh, it was uh, it's 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 such a a rough uh, moment in history um, and um, difficult uh, and certainly to play the bad guys um, in that. Uh, brought a uh, you know a lot of uh, very exciting elements for an actor, but very disturbing and very upsetting. You know, you have to, you kind of can't be soft with it. You kind of go, oh, I want to, I'll be lighter with it. You know, it's like you got to go all the way, mm-hmm. and, and that was really hard. It was really emotional. I mean, I think we every time we did a scene, um, you know, with um, you know when we were doing it with Yusuf and and. You know, I would, we would hug afterward because I felt so bad because we were all doing such uh, intense work with those scenes and working with Ava DuVernay, uh, you know, who was such a, uh, a champion of, of the actor and the process um, and really lets us go. And we were able to really have the freedom to, to go as far as we could emotionally, mm-hmm. um, which was beautiful. But, but it's, it's, it, you are carrying a lot with you. Yeah. Um, and we did. And I carried a lot with me after I finished shooting that. You know, uh, It was wonderful to be a part of telling that tragic, tragic, awful story. And um, once again, an, an, another experience that, you know, it's like if you're a lucky actor, um, you know, you get a, a handful of experiences that kind of alter your being as an artist after you finish. Yeah. It's not just a gig. It's a it's an experience, you know. And, and I think uh, when they see us was definitely there.
1: I, I i think that that show is a testament to like the power of like kind of narrative storytelling and kind of uh t- television and film yeah. because i guess a lot of people wouldn't have been away especially around the world like obviously netflix is a kind of like a, a worldwide platform and that yeah like i don't know yeah i i had, i had seen the documentary the the um yeah. Essential part yeah. five years ago, but like, uh-huh. I don't know if, like, do you know what I mean? Like, Joe Blogs on the Street is checking out that documentary. So, for that right. to kind of, so yeah. like, I remember having a discussion with that show about my, like, with my parents and stuff like that. And it's kind of right. to bring up those conversations. So, I can only imagine, like, yeah, from being a New Yorker, especially kind of getting to be a part of telling that story, must have been, yeah, as you said, it's profound and kind of. Changes your makeup as who you are as a kind of an artist. Oh, it
3: absolutely does. Yeah, absolutely does. Um, yeah, I hold those in 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 extremely high regard. And uh, like I said, you know, to get a chance to tell a story like that, um, you know, that feeling of that doesn't go away. You 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 just you always know, um, that you were able to be a a, an element in a huge huge massive elements telling this unbelievable story. It's a gift. And once again, like I said, very fortunate, you know, to to help tell that story.
1: Amazing. Well, yeah, I, I'm conscious of time. I know that I know, I know that you, you you've got you got you've got the family there, and you yeah. you've got a dot you've got a dog who's doting on you. So, um, before I let you go, um, yeah. obviously what what what's co kind of like obviously you know, it's hard for actors a lot of the time to say what's coming up but is is there stuff like we can look forward to seeing you in or are you kind of is 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 there more Patrick Gallo coming to our screen anytime yeah, soon yeah there is, there is um uh in a lot of different forms there's a couple of things
3: brewing right now that I can't really speak too mm-hmm. much on but yes you know absolutely um and uh if you you know you'll you'll know you know what i mean i'll 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 make word i can't really say much now but you know, there's always
1: something there. There's always something on the grill. Perfect. As, has, has has some of that been a direct like relation to the, the, the response from the, the offer or is it stuff that's kind of been brewing beforehand?
3: Uh, no, no. I mean, I think some, some indirect and some just kind of in the momentum of just kind of existing for, you know, 30 years, yes. uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you just get opportunities, um, but I don't really—I don't know. You never really know unless it's unless it's spoken of, you know. Yes, exactly. Um, and I don't know if you really care. You go know? if I dig the gig. I don't really care what exactly.
1: exactly. Yeah. 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 If, 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 if someone saw, I don't know. Yeah. If someone saw me on that, that, that episode of boardwalk empire or the douche, like if that's what yeah. got me the job or if it's, if it's something else, I don't, I, I don't um, quite care as long as, as long as the <laughs> work's good. And it, and, and, yeah. Uh, amazing. So when, um, when, when
3: anything comes up, you know what I mean? Like, and you see me post something and you know, you just make sure you uh, hit me up, man. And we'll, and we'll, and if you want to do another talk, we'll, i'd be glad to
1: man of course patrick this is but this is, I, I i could i i genuinely feel like i could uh i could talk to you for for, for hours uh this is oh, i love that dude
3: this is yeah been, and i love talking to you too brother i look forward to the next time we do an interview man absolutely
1: yeah this has been this has been an absolute joy um as i said like and i, I can't say this enough like um, your performance in the offer has like been been one of the standouts for me. Kind of get like getting you've really kind of I don't know folded me into the to the family of of that show. And as I said, and any time you and Dan especially are on screen, you it, it feels like that time living together like paid dividends because it kind of it shows yeah. on screen and it kind of well said. It's yeah, it's
3: it's, it's, it's well said, brother. <laughs> hey, thanks a million. That that really warms my heart. Thank you, thank you so much for for expressing that to me. It really means a lot
1: to me. Amazing. Well, Patrick, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming and chatting to me.
3: Got it, brother. Talk to you soon, man.
1: And there we have it, guys. My conversation with Patrick Gallo. And what a conversation it was. I uh, had a lot of fun chatting to Patrick. And uh, yeah, I hope you had fun listening to it. Because, I don't know, um, I really, 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 really love interviewing people. I really love having people on the podcast as well. It's uh, that I, I don't really see a distinction between the two. But there is something about interviewing people, being able to kind of do that research and getting to know their work and kind of finding i don't know finding something that you love in what they do and well i, I guess i'm a, a lucky point that i it's normally me chasing down people to interview it's not i'm not i'm not a massive podcast where it's like i'm being handed people uh to talk to and it's like oh, i just have to talk to them it's no i, I want to talk to people that i really enjoy talking to and patrick was one of them i saw his performance on the offer if you're not watching it check it out it's uh it's fun. It's fun. That is something i say about The Offer. It's, it is a fun show. It's obviously, as somebody who's kind of really delved into the making of The Godfather, it's not all necessarily how things went down, but it's still a fun old time. <laughs> um, as for next week on the podcast, we'll be kicking off Schwarzman Summer. So I'll be looking at five jason schwartzman films um i'm not going to tell you what all of them are i will tell you what next week's episode is you may be thinking we already know it's going to be big guys, it's not i'm going to be doing these in chronological order so when they were released so we'll be kicking off next week with spun from 2002 and i'll be joined by previous guest matt stocks talk about that film which is directed by Jonas Ackland. And I know that uh, Matt has interviewed him on his fantastic Life in the Stocks podcast. And um, yeah, if you're not aware of Jonas Ackland's work, he's a fantastic director. He's done a lot of like music videos and stuff like that, but did um, did a film Lords of Chaos. Uh, he did that film with Mads Mickelson on Netflix as well, that is escaping my mind right now, but you're probably screaming at your phone going it's called this um but uh, yeah as i said uh, (laughs) i can't think of it right now but um yeah be sure to check out my chat with matt stocks on that film i assure you it will be a lot of fun so if you've enjoyed this conversation if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast or any episode of the podcast, for that matter, Um, and would like to help out. If you'd like to get involved and give me some sweet, sweet cashola, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com forward slash cagedinpod, where for as little as £2.50 a month, you can become a movie brat bro and get access to our limited series Oh, not limited. It's kind of ongoing series, all about the contemporaries of Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, at the moment, we're looking at the films of Brian De Palma, kind of um, seeing where his career stacks up against Francis Ford Coppola's. So we'll take a year, for instance, that the film in question that we're talking about, for instance, we we discussed um, Mission Impossible with Nathaniel Metcalf and. At the end of the conversation, we kind of just ask, who had the better year? Was it Brian De Palma or was it Francis Ford Coppola? Um, You can have a little look as to what two films were released in 1996. Uh, Yeah, Mission Impossible versus blank. And see, you'll be able to tell who had a better year. Uh, To backtrack slightly, the film I was thinking of is Polar from 2019. A very good film. It was very fun. Um, so, if you don't want to give me any money, that's also fine. You can head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this right now. And leave a five-star rating and review. It's always fun to do that. It's a, it kind of helps me feel like I'm making the right moves. I'm moving and shaking in the right direction, as I always wish I am. Oh, I don't want to be out of step with my dance partners, which is you, the lovely listeners. So yeah, let's make sure we're doing the cha 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 together, and it's not me treading on your toes or vice versa. So um, if you want to get in touch with the podcast, I always love always love hearing from you. If you um, are excited schwarzman summer what are you hoping to like hear me discuss are you hoping is there a certain film i, I think i teased on twitter uh what it is but yeah twitter is a good place to get uh, get 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 a hold of me or all the social medias for that instance so twitter instagram facebook letterbox and tiktok you can just uh, type in @cagedinpod and you'll be able to find me on all of those. And yeah, let's let's keep the conversation going. Or if you'd like to drop me an email, uh, do that at cagedinpod at gmail dot com. I love hearing from you. I, I feel I feel like we've been out of touch uh, a lot recently, guys. Please, please send me an email. I'm so needing right now. But um, yeah, drop me an email. Right on social media. Let's let's just have a. Let's just have a lovely old time together. Um, So, as always, I've been Petra Patsillavis, your guide through the crazy world of the Coppola family tree. Even though this one, I guess it's kind of been related to the Coppola family in some capacity because um, uh, Patrick is portraying Mario Puzo on uh the offer which yeah which kind of relates to the coppola family in regards to francis ford coppola and the making of the godfather but (laughs) remember to keep it caged in and i'll catch you next time
2: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Coppola Connections, a Town
3: Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come.
1: Our shows are all presented
3: ad-free and made possible by listeners like you.